Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Um, good morning, everybody. Oh, well, afternoon now. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I feel honored to be standing here to bring the word today. I pray in the name of Jesus that... Um, we all hear that which God has for us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, um, um, God was like just telling me, like, I know that he has a plan for his church. By church, I mean the capital C church, like the church generally. And, um, he wants us to be ready to be a part of it. It has been his plan all along. God never does anything by accident or by mistake. So he always has a plan. And so he was asking, are you ready? He said to pour out a blessing. He said to pour out his power. He said to do mighty things, you know, but are we ready is the question. Um, I just want to share an illustration. Maybe this would help bring it home. I recently discovered that um, I enjoy painting. I, at this age, I don't know. It must have been in me all along, but I recently discovered that it's something that I like to do. And each time I want to, you know, begin a, a painting, I bring out the canvas and, you know, prepare the the um, surface I want to use, the tools I need, the paint, mix the colors and all of that. And I do all that, set it up, and then I begin to paint. And when I'm painting, I, I usually would have a picture in my head of what I'm trying to achieve. And, but I, I know all the things that I need to put in place to be able to get me to that point. And so I prepare everything to be able to bring out to be able to bring out the um, painting, the final product. And that was how God explained it to me, that you know, he's, he's, he wants us to be ready. He's getting us ready. He's, he needs us to cooperate with him so that we can you know, have everything that he has for us. <laughs> and so I just remembered my, my sons. I have four boys, so I, don't, I just deal with babas. I don't really deal with the hairdresser when it comes to them. So I... <laughs> When they come back from the barbers and they go, oh, Mom, do you like my haircut? Their dad usually takes them. And oh, see my haircut, see my haircut, and all of that. And the first one comes, oh, it's nice. Second one comes, third one, and then the fourth one, which is the youngest, comes in. And most times, hmm, the lines are not quite straight. There's a patch in one point or the other. And I'm like, hmm. And he, too, he goes, oh, my hair, my hair. I'm like, oh, nice, nice. But that already tells me all I need to know. He simply didn't keep his head steady. He just kept moving and the barber would try and he would shake his head and, you know, and I'm like, if only you would just stay put, you know, the haircut will come out a lot nicer, you know, and uh, are we ready to stay put? Because <laughs> God wants to beautify our lives. He wants to glorify our lives. So are we ready to stay put? <laughs> you know, God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Um, John 1 42 says, Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, 
which means Peter. So this is the first time Jesus met um, Peter. And this was their first meeting. Andrew, his brother, had heard that, oh, um, um, John was like, oh, this is the Messiah. This is the one I've been talking about. And he's like, oh, we found him. And he ran to go get his brother. And he was his brother. And he told his brother, oh, this is the Messiah we've been waiting for. And Jesus looked intently at Peter and said to him that, you know, his name will be changed and he will be called Peter. And Peter meant rock. And this tells me something. Jesus already knew that he was going to build the church on him. At this point, he already knew. He already knew. <laughs> Most times, God, God gives us a promise. He has a purpose right from the beginning. Like, if you think about your life, you know, maybe somebody ha must have told you, oh, this is what I see about you, or the Lord has said this about you. And sometimes, most times, he tells us himself, if we are listening, he, he would actually tell you the plans that he has for your life. And um, he always has a promise, and he makes those promises. He has a purpose. He doesn't do anything by mistake, you know. I want us to also read from Genesis 37, 6, 6 and 7, and he says, listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, Tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. You, we all know who said that now. It's Joseph. <laughs> so Joseph had a dream. He had a dream. And it was God, obviously, who gave him that dream. And this was when, how, how old was he at this point? He was barely, he was just a teenager when he had this dream when he had that dream. Okay, I'll read also from Exodus 6 and 6. It says, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. That is our God. He had told them that he was going to deliver them even into the promised land years before it happened years before it happened. I just want us to know that our lives are no mistakes. Everything that is happening is towards an end. It's towards an end. And that's why I'm just reading all these scriptures, just to give us perspective. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says it clearly. God has a plan. He knows, for, for, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So the plan is not even a weird plan or a funny plan. It's a good plan, a perfect plan from our Father. That's the plan that God has for us. Uh, so God expects us to accomplish certain things, you know, to be able to play our own part in the grand scheme of things or in his own grand scheme. So we, we, he has a plan for our lives individually, but God Almighty has a big plan for the whole world and for everybody. And if everybody plays their own part, his own plan will come to fruition. So he's looking at us and, you know, he's, asked, he's looking at ah, these people are not yet ready. These things that I want to do, this power that I want to dispense, this glory that I want to bring, are they ready? You know? I want to go back to our friend Joseph and, and his dreams. He... He had all the dreams he had and just felt the need to tell everybody that could hear. Like everybody just needed to know. 
And I was thinking to myself, why? Why was he telling everybody? Well, like, yes, you had a dream. Why did you need to go and tell everybody who I had this dream? Told his brothers, told his parents, I have this dream. I, I'm just imagining, how was he saying it that got his brother so angry? How, how was he talking? Like, was he humble and was he saying, oh, I had a dream? They were like, you guys are going to bow to me. It was your own straw that was bowing. Like, I'm just imagining that that's how he was talking. Like, why were they angry? Like, you know, <laughs> God is asking you, are you ready? So he begins his work like a potter, you know, and he's molding the clay, molding us like, you know, he does because he's our God. And if, if, we, don't, if, we, if we fight with the process, we don't come out the way he has planned. Because you can't make yourself, right? Imagine, imagine the clay comes out and starts to say, no, don't turn me like this. I don't want to. And the, 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 um, the master is making maybe a, um, a jar, for example, a jar. And the pot wants to be a spoon or whatever. And the clay is saying, no, I think I'm supposed to be a spoon. And it's just turning and turning. Everything will just look like rubbish. You know? So God is asking us, are you ready? He doesn't want to break us. He doesn't want to break us. And the only way that can happen is if we cooperate with him. You know, imagining Joseph and the way he was talking and blabbing. And you know, Joseph used to report his brothers. When they do something wrong, they will now, he will now go and report to his dad. I say, oh, daddy, do you see what they did? Like, <laughs> that's the kind of person he was. That's why I suspect that. He wasn't saying that dream nicely. He was really saying it and rubbing it in their face. <laughs> you know, at that time. You know, but let's, let's just blame the childish behavior in him, you know. And um, imagine that from there he went to the palace. Like, imagine that he didn't go through all what he went through. And he still had his um, bragging behavior and his um, tattletaling behavior and all of that. And he went straight to the palace. You know, just imagine. I don't want to impose my own imagination <laughs> on you, you know. But uh, I keep referring to the question, are you ready? Because I just want us to know where we are going. I, I, I want you to think inward. Keep thinking about it in your mind as I'm just telling you these things. so that Because that's what the word of God should do. We should look at ourselves and say, okay, what do I need to fix? You know, God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Um. <clears throat> Peter also had to know that, um, you know, Jesus had already told him that change his name and all of that. And he, he well, he even said, oh, can, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't impressed until Jesus had said, oh, I had seen you somewhere and all of that. And then, okay. So it shows the kind of person that he is, you know. And Peter already, um, God, Jesus already told him at that point that he was, you know, that his name was going to be changed and had called him the rock. Uh, the, the, the lessons that all these people had to learn is that um, you, you, you think you know yourself, right? You think you know what you can handle, but nobody knows you better than God. Nobody knows you better than God. And so God sees what we don't see. And that's why he's working on us. He's working on us to fix it, to change it. He sees what we don't, we don't see. And our, our Father is a very loving God, and you know He tries to, to meet us where we are, and you know help us and 
do all of that to make us what he wants us to be. But um, we, we ourselves have to cooperate because he has given us the will and he would not impose. I wonder, like, he's, that's, that's, that's who God is. He won't impose. He wants us to do it because we love him. And the time is now. So we need to buckle up. You know, the time is now. We need to buckle up so that we can achieve that purpose that he has. And God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When God looks at us, he does not look at what we are now. He doesn't look at you as you are. He sees that dream. He sees that purpose. He sees that destination where he's taking us to. And so he tries to get us there. Um, I want us to read from Mark 14, 28. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I, will, I never will. Jesus, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times. But, sorry, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. So, who knew who? <laughs> Did Peter know himself? <laughs> no. At the point he was speaking here, he was 100% sure that I will never deny Jesus. How many times have you in your mind said, ah, I will never do this, and you find yourself there? Uh -huh. Don't lie now. Raise your hand now. <laughs> we find ourselves there a lot of times. You will beat your chest and say, I will never, I will never, but you do it. And so, that was, that was, that's what God wants to tell us today. Allow me to do the work in you. Allow me to do the work in you. I, I, I want God's best for me as a person. I, I don't want my own best. I don't want my own idea. I want God's best. And so I want him to do the work in me. Do you want God to do the work in you? Or I said, tell him, tell him, use your mouth and say, God, I want you to do the work in me. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> part of the journey that I went through, I think I've shared this a couple times, but I'll just share it again. Um, I'll use past tense because I've been delivered by God's grace. I used to be very shy. and in <laughs> Really, really, really shy. And um, it's still a journey, still a process. And I'm still, you know... Um, let me use the word in Yoruba, Boriduro. You know, I don't know, when we were younger, I wanted to go and make our hair that time. Oh, I used to hate making my hair. But anyway, when I want to make my hair, and they take me to the person that will make my hair, the woman said, Boriduro, stop shaking your head. I'm like, oh, which kind of, what is all this? I hate this, you know, so, but anyway, uh, that's where I am with God. I'm, I'm keeping steady. Boriduro means keep your head steady. Yeah, keep your head still. Yeah, that kind of thing, you know. So, <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> you know, and... I used to be very shy, and I used to use that as an excuse for any... Uh, in fact, I would never, ever come out to give a testimony. Never. And so God was talking to me one day and says, you are proud. I say, proud. Proud. Ha, Mike, no, I'm not proud, though. Like, I was thinking, I'm like, proud. Ha. No, you know? 
And God was like, okay, why are you shy? I said, I'm just shy. It's just not easy to face people, this and that, you know, giving all the excuses. Why? And then he just kept asking questions. And I realized that everything turned back to me. What will people think about me? What would they say if I come out? Me, me, me. Ah, I don't want them to say that I, I don't want them to say that, oh, this, you know, it was all about me. So he said, hey, so you are preserving your image. You are preserving whatever it is that it is, that is in your mind. So it's you that you are considering, not me. That's in not me as in God. That was how the conversation went. I said, ah, so that's pride. Hey, God, I'm sorry. So that's how with legs shaking, voice cracking, sweat pouring, everything, I will just go out and come out and give a testimony. If God says, stand up and go, I will just go with everything happening to me, you know, and it, it just taught me a lesson that, yes, you are saying you want God to do a work in you. Are you ready to cooperate? You want God to do the work in you. Are you ready to? It takes, it takes a lot, but I would rather do it. I would rather do it. Uh, so just a side note, please, parents, <laughs> if you notice that your child is shy, don't encourage the shyness. So help the child to come out of it. Like shyness leads to extreme fear. And as children of God, we are not fearful. I actually saw um, 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 some translations, that the scripture that says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Timid, some translations use timid, some translations, some translations use shy. So please, you know, everybody has different personality traits, but you can help, this, the environment can help to correct it. So don't encourage a shy child, like with love, obviously, I don't mean you should be harsh or anything, but you know, just a side note. <laughs> um, we are not supposed to be fearful. And so that was my journey. Of course, so many others, so many promptings. But from this, I realized that if I didn't, if I didn't listen, I wouldn't have heard. Just like Peter, he was certain that he would never deny Jesus. So sometimes you think that you have arrived. You look at yourself and be like, oh, no, there's nothing to fix. But your posture must be God. What are you saying? Oh God, what should I fix? That must be your posture. You must be out to look at the net. You know, you know it's easier to point it out in another person. It's easier to see the person. Wow, this, wow, this sister, she needs to change this. Ah, this brother, you are not doing too well. Why are you? You go. It's actually easier to see it in another. That's why, that's why the scripture says that <laughs> remove the log in your eye before you remove the speck. Can you imagine that you have a log? A log is way bigger than a speck. It's you that has the log. Remove your own log first before you remove the speck in another person's own. I want us to make that conscious effort to look inward. Look inward. You know, time is short. Time is short. We don't have time to be looking at another person. Sort your own out. You have your own to sort. And all this I'm saying is all because of the glory of God. That's why we are here anyway. It's all because of the glory of God. And what does that mean? It means surrendering. So I had to completely surrender. Like, I don't know. Ah, some people can relate to shyness now. Have you nobody shy here? Can relate to it. 
when you and your body will be shaking like you're not sure that if you take the next step that leg will stand straight it may not bend like you're not sure but you're just walking and that it took it may be it may sound easy to people that are not shy but it took a lot a lot for me to be able to say i'm coming out in front of people to say anything but the only reason why i was doing it was because of god that was the only reason and so that is surrender so at this time first of all it takes you owning it you have to agree that oh there's something to fix and that was the argument i was having pride hey is this pride i'm not proud i'm not this only god knows and he knows you better than anyone else. I'm not too sure that anybody around me would have used the word proud for me. I'm not too sure. I don't think so. That's people that I know, right? Let's, let's even say it's not me that I'm talking about myself. Other people, I don't think they would have said proud about me. But God looked inside and said, that is where this is stemming from. Fix it. And, and I owned it. I said, okay, ah, Father, I've heard you. I'm ready. So it takes you saying, okay, God has said this. I agree that this is it. Now let me fix it. And in the process of the fixing, don't, don't, don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. That means, you know, usually when you know, a, seat, a ship sets sail and there's um, turbulence or there's, there, sorry, there's um, the waves and all of that and the ship is about to sink, they usually would throw stuff out of the ship throw you know to make the ship lighter if that doesn't work and you know eventually the last resort is for them to jump ship that means maybe either use a raft or the smaller boat just so that the bigger boat does not crash with them in it and all of that and i just felt god say don't jump ship when i when when we are fixing all those things and we are making everything right don't jump ship don't say i'm not doing it again no. just boriduro Uh, I feel like the word is coming to us now because God is set to do something and he wants to use us. I feel like it is a privilege. I feel like it is a privilege. Our God will help us in Jesus' name. Okay, so I'll read from um, John 21, 17. And it says, A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So this happened after Jesus had risen and all the whole, the top, everything that happened. He had appeared to a couple people and Peter had said, well, let's go back to fishing. You know, this thing, it seems like it's not working and all of that. And Jesus appeared to them and he made a meal for them and they were all eating together. And Jesus turned to Peter and asked him, um, do you love me? First time, second time, and third time. And I don't know if you noticed what happened at the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. Before, what did he say? Never. I will never deny you. But now, he's saying, Lord, you know everything. So he knows that he's not by his power. He has learned to. So Jesus, this is why Jesus knew Peter was now ready. In fact, thinking back, when he was walking on water, 
I think he was saying, maybe when he took the first step, he took the second step. He now started to think that it was by his power. <laughs> My son would say, oh, mommy, I did it, I did it, I did it. Maybe that's what Peter was saying. Hey, I did it, I did it, I can walk on water. And maybe that's part of the reasons why he, he had to go down. But of course, quickly he realized and called for Jesus to help him. So he had learned. He had learned that it was not by his power and that it was Jesus that was helping him. And that's another thing we must do. After we own, own it and acknowledge that indeed we are, not, we, are not, we are not there yet, we are not perfect, we need help, don't jump ship. Stay. Take the pain to stay. Learn the lesson that Jesus is teaching you. Learn the lesson that your father is leading you through. Don't jump ship. And then you are ready. I don't want us to, um, <clears throat> I, I, have, I have my second son. My, he's the class prefect in our house, class prefect. He's the one who sees everybody's um, misdeed. Ah, oh my Lord. Oh, this person did this. This person did that. He's, he's always the one who sees it. I'm like, have you done your own? No, I've done. He has not done his chores. He didn't do it yesterday. And the strangest thing, have you done yours? I'm about to go and do it. I'm like, really? <laughs> he said, I'm a, I said, do your own first. Why are you concerned? He's like, oh, something happened to this one. This one. I'm like, ah, this guy, face your own. You know? And I just, I just remember that when I was thinking about this, that it's very, very important that we look inward so that we can see the thing that God is telling us. You know, and uh, God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Um, I think it was three days ago, the devotional that um, Pastor Femi wrote, he wrote, um, God will stretch you and shred you until you become all that he has created you to be. And it just spoke to me. God has a perfect picture of who we are supposed to be. And he wants to take us there. And so he would stretch us and he would, you know, shred us and mold us and direct us just so that we can get there. Um, after, after we have been stretched and pulled and we have submitted and surrendered, God tests us. And so, you know, I, 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 in doing this, I said, okay, maybe I should stop looking at tests as bad. Anytime, when, when I said test now, did you have a positive thought or a negative thought? Uh -huh, I know. <laughs> because when I just hear test, I just remember secondary school and they say, ah, you're having test. Or, I just, test just means, oh my, I've just, it doesn't just sound palatable. <laughs> you know, but those tests are important. Those tests are important. Those tests are important. Abraham, Abraham was about to kill Isaac. He was that close. He was that close. And God left him. Okay, let me. How, how far can this guy go for me? You know, so uh, are you able to trust God all the way? Are you able to trust? If he has said it, are you ready to say, God has said it, I'm, I'm not turning back? 
Are you able to trust him all the way? Most of us, we say we can with our mouth. But if we don't do that test, we are never too sure. Do you know? You think you can. Like, ah, no, of course, I will trust God all the way. But if we don't do that test, we cannot, we cannot say for sure. Um, um, God is indeed faithful. I was talking to a couple over in the, during the week, and they were sharing a testimony about somebody who um, lives in Nigeria, and, you know, they were kind of struggling, didn't have enough finances and all, but they would always make sure that, you know, they, have, they keep their offering and make sure they go to church every Sunday and, you know, do everything it takes to make sure that they don't miss that. And then they heard God say to them, okay, all of you pack your things now and be going to Abuja. And they were living in Lagos and it was really weird because the, the load will not be small. If God is saying, pack all your things and go, it would be a lot. They carried everything. They had kids. When, they didn't have money. They went to the um, bus stop. They didn't um, have money to go on the transport. They were there, I think, for about two or three days or so. And they were just waiting. God said, we should come. I say, hey, God, if you tell me this type of thing, I don't know. God, you know all things. <laughs> because, like, they were there. They didn't have the transport, but they were there. God said we should move. The first day, the second day, people yapped them. Ah, you can imagine now. Ah, ah, you people, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And they will now be, they will be explaining. Oh, Jesus said we should come. God said we should stay here. Ah, <laughs> you know? And they stayed. Somebody paid for their transport. L cut long story short. They got to Abuja and he got a contract random and he, he, he paid for his kids' school fees, very expensive, and bought a house, cash down, like he bought a big house that cost an enormous amount of money. And I'm like, wow. It got me thinking because can you, can you stick with God? Can you stick with him? This is a normal they are normal people, nothing, they are normal people like us. And Same thing with Abraham. So we look at the people in the Bible and we think they are so far away. Oh, those people in the Bible, well, their own was different and all. But every day in our everyday life, God tests us. You know, can we stay through, true to it? I want to read from um, Deuteronomy 8. I'll read 2 and then I'll read 14. And it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Then in 14, he says, do not become proud at the time, at that time, that means at the time that God has settled you and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. He, want, he needed to prove their character. And the ones that didn't pass the test, they didn't enter the promised land, simple. He needed to prove their character. And that's why those tests are good. Imagine we didn't have a um, driving test. <laughs> imagine we didn't need to do driving tests. Imagine, just take, just imagine, like, and just get your car, find a way to move the car and get on the road. Ah, uh, yes, now. It will, it will be funny, it will, you know. So those tests. They are necessary. Can you see that tests are not necessarily bad? Am I changing your mind? Small, small. <laughs> Examination. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, I like the way um, 
um, First Peter 6 and 7 kind of summarizes all of this. It says, so be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when... Sorry. I lost my... And I wanted to use paper. Okay. <laughs> so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus... Christ is revealed to the whole world. So at uh, 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 when I saw genuine faith, I'm like, is there fake faith? I'm like, is there faith, fake faith, like genuine faith? Like, ah. So it is faith that has stood the test of time that is genuine faith. Really, you don't know how weighty your faith is until you've passed the test. And the test looks different for everybody. That's why I've been saying, look inward. God will tell you what you need to change, what you need to fix. It's different for people. It's different for everyone. Check yourself. Are you proud? Do you get angry too quickly? Do you forgive? It sounds little. It sounds like, oh, you know, it's just the everyday things. But those are the things that God wants us to shed. He needs to use us. He wants to use us. Our attitude is very, very, very important. Even during the process of the testing. You can't be complaining and be arguing with God and be fighting. That's what the children of Israel did. They were complaining. And he was testing them, but they were complaining. I pray that God will reveal to us, you know, those things that we need to see. And he will help us himself to cooperate with him. Because really, we cannot do it on our own. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, I'm reading from Romans 8.29. It says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Are you ready to be glorified? Are you ready to be glorified? Because that is what is going on right now. God will help us to cooperate with him in Jesus' mighty name. God will help us to keep our head steady while he walks on us in the name of Jesus. This, this is really important because God did away with a whole generation when it came to the children of Israel because they did, their character didn't change. He wasn't able to work with them. They didn't cooperate with him. And he's like, well, you, you are not doing what I'm, what I need. You will not be able to carry out what I need you to do. He did away with a whole generation. I feel like we are the new ones. We are the new generation now. If we noticed, things have happened in the past. I'm talking about the Capital C Church now. And a lot of things have been happening. The power of God was strong and evident. And it seems like it kind of dwindled as the years went by. I, now is the time for us to sit up so that God can do what he wants to do 
with us. He wants to release his power. He wants to show his, his might through us. And he wants us to be ready. He wants to glorify himself in us. And I pray that we will cooperate with him in Jesus' mighty name. I just want us to bow down our heads quickly, even as we ask God to search our hearts and open our eyes to be able to see that thing that we need to change to help us to um, cooperate with him. To, 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 that will cooperate with him so that we can be everything he wants us to be. That he will make us, that he will mold us, that he would use us. Let's ask him to help us to surrender. To surrender. To surrender. So that he can do that work in us. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.